The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the 365 Message Center Show, um, where we help you plan for change, prevent or fix, and stay informed. That over there is Daryl Webster, right there. Uh, yes, yes, and uh, over to my other side is uh, the fellow there with the beard, Daniel Glenn. Indeed. Welcome, everyone. We are so glad you're here. Uh, we have quite a few things to talk about this week, and there are, it's kind of all over Microsoft 365, which is very interesting. You know, this we've had episodes that were very uh, team centric or uh, SharePoint, OneDrive centric, or what it. This week, mm. it's it's kind of encompasses a lot of things. In fact, we have an update this week that is all about the Message Center itself. So. Um, I think it's pretty pretty slick that we're covering so many things this week. Yeah, um, and you know we are the message center show, so we're also interested in that experience and letting people know about uh, that managing updates and and keeping across the change will become a bit easier with uh, with mm -hmm. some changes and improvements to that experience. Indeed. So before we jump in, make sure that you like this episode, you subscribe to this channel or subscribe to our page on LinkedIn, make sure that you um, give us a follow and then also click the bell in YouTube uh, so that you can uh, get reminders of when we go live. And really this time we want you to kind of nudge it with your pinky toe to make sure that you get those notifications. So just kind of... Do you think our audience are all yoga practitioners and that could get you Maybe. Up and, over and the they're desk also, and click the mouse right. with it? Yes, and they're wearing their flip-flops, so they can easily just go. So, yep. Fair enough. Daniel, uh, you yes. have the first update. Uh, it is I do. an interesting one. Oh, they're all interesting, of course. But... Yeah. This one is simultaneous screen share and video on Safari web browser, MC3156673. And really this is a quick one, but it's about uh, aligning with that functionality that you already have in Teams desktop. When you're on Safari, you're gonna be able to share your screen and your video at the same time. We've talked about this before on the show of how I um, do join meetings from time to time in using the browser and it's very frustrating when I'm sharing my screen yet I can't share my video. Um, so we're going to be able to do that in Safari now. Uh, and this is rolling out mid-January, so now-ish, maybe even a little before now-ish, uh, to early February. Is that is that done-ish if it's now-ish? Well, it's not done-ish because oh, right. it's, you know... Some would say maybe that started ish. We're at the very end of the mid January, but anyway, we'll get so, to talk about ishes a bit yeah. later, won't we? Yes. Yeah. Good eye. But, um, yeah. well, moving on to uh, a team's update, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's one certainly of interest for organizations that um, are using more than just the out of the box apps. They are looking into the app catalog for teams. 
and selecting some funky apps to get the job done, maybe even apps that they're uh, used to using. Anyway, on with the title. Get away from me, that little hover pop-ups. Do you, oh, side comment, people. Do you get annoyed sometimes when you're trying to do something in a web browser and there's a hover over thing that explains something that just won't go away? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think I think it's the collective the, answer. The, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Microsoft Teams, enriching the app detailed page with more descriptive app information in Teams Admin Center. A lot of capitalization there, which I get a bit lost in there. This is MC316141. When you go to look in the app catalog, you will see more information to describe about these apps. Like the title said, we've almost got the whole message in there. But I think one of the more exciting things, especially for those app developers, is more room to show pictures and in particular, a video. So the app catalog is, uh, is now stepping into the realm of a bit like what we can do from our mobiles, give a whole lot more information, playing the video, showing what this app looks like in action so that you can check it out before you actually install it. Um, Daniel, what do you think about this update? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's slick because just that when I'm looking for an app, uh, I'm going to be looking for screenshots. I'm going to be looking for interactive content to show me what exactly does this do. Text mm. just does not do uh, these justice. So being able to find that information right there on the app page, I think is very helpful. So this is going to be an upgrade for, you know, when we're looking forward to adding apps for our organization, be able to see what does this actually do. Um, so I like it. Hmm. And the other screenshot shows, um, some of the detail, like it's still words and verbiage, but links to the website result, um, yeah, website for where, where the product is being, um, published from terms of use privacy URL. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Decision-making information. However, if you already are using an app and you're wanting to bring it into your team's experience, you probably know what it's like. So that's the, the inverse of that, that challenge. Uh, so that is being rolled out, phased rollout starting late January and will be complete late April. Very good. Uh, Daniel, uh, <laughs> something yes. that I misread. Uh, I, yes, I'm I will try to not see. to. I'll yep. try not to misread this like you don't. did. No, no, don't. Introducing monthly active users for the Microsoft 365 service change. Not charge? This is MC... MC three one five seven three nine. So this is an update to the actual message center experience, and one of well, let's just say they're making improvements, and this is uh, one of the first ones coming up here um, that we're going to see, and it is all about letting you know the services that are affected by updates, how many monthly active users you have. So if you look at the screenshot, that's actually part of this message. The one on the left, the one on the right, I think is pretty useless. The one on the left is showing you um, the services that are affected by the update. And then in parentheses, it shows you a number. And that number is the monthly active users. Now, they're not going to break this down per um, how they're accessing it. For instance, it has Microsoft Teams. 
it's not going to show you at Microsoft Teams mobile or Microsoft Teams browser or desktop app. It's just how many are connected to the service. And this just is a really good for admins and those change agents within your organization who are managing these updates, the communications about these updates to know, is this really affecting us, right? So if there's an update about, let's say Teams or SharePoint and the uh, monthly users are pretty much everyone, then yes, you need to pay attention to this. But if it's of a service that really no one's using at all, then maybe we don't even need to pay attention to it. Um, or we run a report and figure out who is using this thing and <laughs> let's go talk to them. So uh, I, it's pretty slick and I'm really looking forward to this and some other updates that are coming to help really get admins the and those change agents information to help them manage change that's coming. So hmm. um, really looking for this. It's going to be rolling out to targeted release late January and complete in standard customers by mid-February. So it's going to be quick, uh, the, this rollout period. Uh, so um, the supported workloads are Teams, Exchange, the Microsoft 365 apps themselves, um, the uh, OneDrive, SharePoint, Skype for Business. Are people using still Skype for I, I guess it, they it are. Is, yeah, it's still hanging around for yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah, and Yammer. So that'll be all included. Uh, I'd like to know what the people in chat think about this. So throw mm. your um, thoughts into chat. Padera, what do you think about this? Well, I think sometimes when an admin or a change manager or someone has access to this and they, they just glance in through the updates, uh, they might not see based on a uh, either a poorly worded or heavily worded title, what kind of effect this has. Uh, a, a good thorough person, of course, will read through every message and try to understand, and an even more thorough person will be listening to the show right now and watching it, <laughs> so they'll get the full, the full deets. Good on you, listeners. But, um, yeah, like this is going to be a good at-a-glance view of, oh, I see, this is going to affect... 20,000 people. Well, that's that's everybody. So let's get on with it. Um, uh, let's read it closer would be uh, another way of looking at it too. And because the service usage information is near the top of the message, um, you, you'll be able to see that and then get into the details. Love it. Indeed. So um, that's coming soon. So for all those that are listening, uh, this is going to be important for you. Uh, switching gears here a little bit. If you're looking for those people, you change agents paying attention to these updates, you're going to need to find people within your organization. Daryl, tell hmm. us about how we can do that. Well, something's coming to Outlook, uh, which probably should have been there for quite some time. Uh, this is a, a preview. It'll be preview to start with, an org explorer in Outlook. Oh, look, we've got two sets of colons in here. It's a preview, org explorer in Outlook, colon, <laughs> view and navigate the organization chart, MC315746. And just for a cherry on the top, the update's already been updated. Uh, it, you know, it was released last week in the message center just after our show, and there's more to say about it. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, let's get into the meat of it. Uh, what is this? We will be able to find an org chart, a way of being able to explore people and relationships and who's direct reports and who's managers uh, alongside the 
contact information. Uh, let's just blow this up a bit here so we can see in our show and we'll do our best to describe it to podcast listeners. Oh, that's a bit big. Here we go. Zoom it back out a bit. The org chart. Uh, now, firstly, at a glance, we've seen this structure before, probably not in as much detail. Um, we've seen it in Delve. Perhaps we've seen it in SharePoint web parts, but you can see that structure of, of who's at the top of this food chain. And as you work further down, here's the person that we're actually looking for. It's Lydia. Here's some of her contact information and, and people that uh, report to Lydia as well. So a really gorgeous layout in terms of information and, and glancing through. Amazing to see it come in into Outlook. Uh, we'll go back to the message in a little while, but there's something that, that sort of sings out to me. This is, looks like it's the progressive web app, Daniel. It doesn't look like it's the desktop. Um, right. So yeah, there is but, a little bit of confusion as to what, yeah. what client we're actually looking at here. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the on this information? Like, how, how long have you been wanting this in Outlook? Oh, forever. I mean, it, this is one of those... Ever since I started working in the Microsoft collaboration world... The org chart has been the um, bane of my existence because everyone wants it, yet it's always been difficult to deliver it with out-of-the-box functionality. Um, you know, organizations, even up through, you know, a couple years ago when I was interacting with them, uh, trying to help them with their internet, would say, well, our org chart is in this PDF, you know, on our internet. And I'm like, it's in a PDF? What? So... People want to know this because they want to find out who who is this person that I just interacted with, who do they report to, who are their reports, get an idea of what they do in the organization. Well, this is going to give us a dynamic view of that, right? So what if someone changes roles? I don't have to update the PDF. It's it's updated automatically, automatically for me, but it's also going to give us um, an idea of who they work with as well. So it's not just who reports to them and who they report to. It gives, you know, the uh, title, uh, gives you the capability of chatting or sending email directly to them, gives their email phone, you know, all kind of what we normally see in Delve, right? Um, mm. Some topics that are associated with them, but um, not shown uh, in a great way on the screenshot. But at the very, very bottom, it talks about uh, who this, this person, this Lydia, uh, also works with and it has other users listed down there. So uh, mm. it gives it kind of a, it's trying to give you a whole experience, uh, overall experience of, of this person's information, but who who they work alongside with. Mm. Yeah, so what we see clearly in the screenshot is the direct reports, um, but what's slightly off screen uh, could be the network, people that she's recently connected with within the organization and um, other people within her business unit. So that's cool. Well, actually, you know, what does this mean in terms of Delve? Uh, we don't know. We look, we're looking at more and more of what we would have used in Delve as appearing in other products and in the places that we work, all the suggestions and connections, and now there's this with an Outlook. Um, what more is left? Good question, huh? Uh, back yeah. to the details on the, the message. We've got we've got uh, a date here for it rolling out for the preview to current channel uh, will be this 
It'll be early April, early February, and expected to be complete rollout late April. That's that brings the preview. Up, yeah, and that really brings up the question because um, in the and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but there's difference between Outlook Desktop and Outlook for Windows mm. and uh, the Outlook app. And so as Daryl was talking about showing the screenshot, right, it it looked like the progressive web app of Outlook, which is only a, really just a synced copy of the website. Right? Outlook on the web, yeah. Yeah, and which isn't that referred to Outlook desktop? Uh, it has been. Has well, like been. We covered a message in the past where yeah. they called the progressive web app Outlook desktop. And when yeah. they've been more specific about which desktop, they say Outlook for Windows or Outlook for Mac. Yeah. But then in the how this affects your organization, it actually says Outlook for Windows, which mm. is, you know, that thing you install as part of Office, you mm-hmm. know, the products. But and then also when when this is happening, when you talked about the current channel, that always references the apps that you install you download and yeah. install with office yep. so i'm assuming and now you know what assuming does but i believe this is the words are telling me that it, it probably is outlook for windows mm. but the screenshot is not outlook for windows it doesn't appear to be it yeah because it has that sync icon in the top left it i think that's the progressive web app but yep. anyway yep but yeah, um, you can also start to appreciate why they uh, had started to restructure the the apps and experiences for calendar and contacts and you know to do. Now they've got all that real estate for adding things like an org chart and whatever else is coming. Good stuff. Moving exactly. on to the next update, uh, Daniel, tell us about Microsoft Search. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. Mac filters on Microsoft Search, MC316145. So this is uh, Microsoft Search is that central place where you can define things like bookmarks and, and other things for your organization when you or uh, users in your organization do searches. So out-of-the-box filters like file type and last modified are getting, there's kind of a couple components to this message. Those are getting an, a UI update, okay? So basically moving to the top of those results, search results as shown in the screenshot um, so that users can use that. But then you're also going to be able to define custom verticals. So those are the, at the top where, you know, all files, sites, people, you're gonna be able to create your own, right? Uh, custom verticals and custom filters can be defined um, so those refinable properties and i'm going to tell you why i'm excited about that here in a second this rollout will be mid-january so now ish and could be completed by late january so what this gives us um, so the uh, admins can set up a custom filter and this is kind of this is getting us to um, into the area where we had to set up cu- um, the those custom web parts, those PNP web parts we had to download and install into our 
environment to get the filter refinable search uh, items. Um, this is going to be able to, as long as you have refinable um, uh, fields configured in your managed metadata, then you're going to be able to define those and for your results. So this is getting into the area where we might not, for certain workloads of what you've been doing, you might not have to install those PNP web parts anymore to get you those results, those refinable uh, custom results um, or uh, uh, the, the actual filter, custom filters. So th that's why I'm excited about this because uh, you know I've been talking about that as forever. Um, mm. Why do I have to download and install custom web parts to have custom filters? That, that's ridiculous. I, I should be able to do this. Um, and now we're getting there to where we'll be able to do that. Um, I don't know, Daryl, if you're as excited about this as I am because I've had to install those web parts on so way too many tenants. But uh, what do you think about this update? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't had to do much in the way of installing custom web parts, but I I like that it's it's giving an organization more control over what types of results they, they would want to make quickly available to their people. Uh, so the example on the screenshot support KB article is, is great. If you know you need to get a hold of a, a an article to figure out how to do something within your organization. Um, or searching wiki results. Um, so those are all you know, good things to just channel people through to that information. And I, I know that the screenshot doesn't, it's all sort of trimmed and cut around the actual content of the, the update. This is Microsoft Search, which is available when you go to the office.com page. Um, we see like a blue banner across there. It's not the, the Bing search, is it? Yeah, Bing for business. No, 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 this is, yeah, this is just Microsoft Search. So, yeah, we're going to service this in SharePoint, in OneDrive, in uh, Office.com. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the, you know, the beauty of that is with these custom uh, verticals, with custom filters, you know, showing, uh, having a custom filter f or a vertical, for instance, for standards in your organization. You know, if, mm. if, if that's something that you do, then you could have a standard. Um, I worked with an organization, a manufacturing organization that had standards that everyone really needed to be familiar with. That was, this is how we make certain parts. This is how mm. we do QA. This is how we do testing and, and had lots. And so being able to have those custom verticals that meet your organization needs is very uh, exciting, mm. I, I think, for this. Definitely. Great. Um, we've got a few more to go. Uh, just moving on to, and this probably isn't isn't a, a long one to refer to. Um, where are we? Update. I get lost with the word update and updated. <laughs> update to copy link command in OneDrive and SharePoint web, MC three one six four three four, where we used to. Yeah, we used to try and create that copy link, and we were we were taken through to basically our organization's default. Um, so if if that might have been um, share with everyone in the organization, or just organizational users, or maybe you defaulted it to specific people. Now, when you click on the copy link uh, button, you'll be taken through to choose that op 
choose an option, not just be pushed on through to the, the default. Um, so yeah, you generate the link, you can copy it and uh, do what you normally do. But yeah, it's a small change. Uh, this will be rolling out to targeted release to the entire org. That's interesting. It's a, an update that calls it out. It's not they expect to roll it out and it'll hit the whole org, not just person by person. Um, and that'll be rolling out mid-January, so um, started-ish. I'll use that now. Expect complete uh, end of January. And then standard release will be early February and finished mid-February. Daniel, let's yes, get into sir. conventions, I guess. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about Viva Topics. So this is Microsoft Viva Topics. Search to add files, pages in topic page. MC31672. And so this, what this is about is I, as a topic editor, so Viva Topics, where we can define a topic that is then utilized across our uh, pages and such through our environment. So I, as an author, as I'm editing these topics, can now use search to add files or pages to that topic page that are relevant to that topic. Uh, before I would have to have the link, now I can do a search and find that content. So the, number one, I think it improves the process flow about getting the content there. But two, it also helps you find content that maybe you didn't know about that is relevant to this topic. Good point. Um, so this is going to be rolling out late January and expect the rollout to be completed by early February. So that for those of you that are lucky enough to either have a um, have some sort of subscription that gives you Viva Topics, um, those editors will be able to use search uh, to find those relevant files and pages. Good, good. Makes it easier for those topic owners. Finishing yes, off. With Finish a, off with uh, OneDrive, sir. Another OneDrive update. Uh, I lost my way with what I'd favorited or not favorited in our way that we organize things, but OneDrive, moving your shortcuts in OneDrive. So, yeah, move your shortcuts in OneDrive, MC316147. I like using Microsoft uh, OneDrive shortcuts. Um, I actually now probably use them more than intentionally saying sync this folder because uh, it works with my workflow as I use on demand and I can see those those shortcuts. However, our first experience of this was we'd create a shortcut and uh, it would just sort of be there in, in the sort of top level tree of OneDrive. Uh, now this update will allow us to move the shortcut around to wherever we want to organize and need it within our OneDrive experience. Uh, it will still respect permissions so if you move it to a folder which is shared with people, then it's um, not necessarily going to make uh, the share, the shortcut content um, visible to them if, if they don't have permission. Um, but it may help with you know, putting these shortcuts into a, something of a, a more sensible order for you to work your way through content and manage the on-demand experience without actually changing the structure of how the information is stored in the source library or folder or anything like that. So nice to have that customization uh, to suit the way that you work, to give you focus, and maybe get quickly to the things that are important to you. Um, I can imagine a, one scenario where 
the, at the moment, it doesn't really tell you where the shortcut is. It's not really kind of clear in the way that you you choose it. The shortcut folder's created, and if it's named uh, with any kind of recognition, you can understand where it came from, but maybe not. So now you'll be able to create your own folders for your shortcuts to say, here's all my shortcuts for this project or this client or this something, and that's another way you could use that to organize it. But that is, uh, targeted release will occur <laughs> it will occur in February, mid-February, and um, it, we expect to uh, be begin rollout for standard release in mid-February, fully completed by late February. So um, for targeted release, I'm sure you'll be looking forward to it beaming in and occurring. Um, we'll see what this looks like and how it performs. Uh, Daniel, that's all we have. We didn't really go for any kind of callbacks, uh, but... Nope. We are pretty thankful that you all joined us on the show. And, uh, you Dude. know, it's another reminder here to to um, like the episode if it was useful to you so others can find it as well. It helps to bolster things up and uh, yeah. lets, lets people know it's good and useful. Um, and if you have any comments, throw them in the comments. We'd love to yeah. hear your reactions. So whether in YouTube or if you're watching this on YouTube or in LinkedIn, give us your reactions if you're, it's a podcast audio podcast, let us know uh, what you think about the episode. Leave a comment. Uh, hit us up on socials. All the socials were 365MCS. We'd love to hear from you and interact with you every week. That's right. Well, until uh, next week, we'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye.